Okay, good evening everyone. Subject of tonight's year is selling Joseph today. What do I mean by selling Joseph today? So the truth is, is this week's parasha is one of the most important for us in terms of our situation that we find ourselves in today. And why is that? So Chazal tell us the following. Chazal say that there is two basic categories of mitzvahs. There's a category of mitzvah called Bein Adam Lamakoi, between me and Hashem, such as tefillah, learning, emuna, and then there's something called Bein Adam Lechaveiroi, between you and your fellow Jew. And those are mitzvahs like Chesed, Hachnosah visiting the sick, welcoming guests, comforting mourners, not speaking Noshon Hara, etc. Now, these two categories are two pillars of our entire existence. How do I know that? Because at Sinai, when Hashem gave us the tokens to represent the Torah, i.e. the Ten Commandments, five of them in the category between me and Hashem, and five in the category between me and my fellow Jew. Now, these two form the pillars of how we're supposed to view the world. We're supposed to always be conscious of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and listen to Him regarding how we treat each other. And often what happens is, is you get a person who is a little bit lopsided. You get a guy who says, listen, I'm a big mensch. I do everything nice with people. But, you know, the rituals are not for me. But the truth is he's making an error. Because a guy who says, you know, the rituals are not for me, but I'm a mensch, contradicts himself. Because you're taking every second of the day from Hashem, when you breathe and your heart pumps, and you eat, and you drink. And all of that is coming straight from HaKadosh Baruch when you never once say thank you. So you can't say I'm a mensch without Hashem. And on the other hand, you get a person who is lopsided the other way. Everything is about the mitzvahs of tefillah, the mitzvah of Emunah, not taking Hashem's name in vain. But then what happens is, he wants to daven with Kavona, and he goes into Shul, and he pushes the one guy out the way. You know, I don't care about you, I need to go daven now. Or the guy who cuts in front of the queue, because he wants to be treated first. And he's listening to a Shia, and never mind, people are waiting, I don't care. So we need both. We need Ben Adam the Mokam Ben Adam the Chaveira. Now, there were two events in the history of the Jewish people which are considered to be the core frailties of our nation. What is the core frailty between us and Hashem? That is the sin of the golden calf, the Cheta Eagle. That at Sinai, after Hashem, so to speak, it betrothed us. We went in and we served the calf. So Hashem says, I'll forgive you but if you ever revert back to it, I'll punish you for that as well. So it's only forgiving on condition that you root it out of you. And that is the source of the tremendous flare-up and punishments that we have endured when we have violated between us and Hashem because we didn't learn from the golden calf. What about between us and our fellow men? So this is the sin of the sale of Joseph. And this sin is the core 
of how we are supposed to correct the viewpoint we have towards others. We're supposed to look at others and we're supposed to treat them in a way that is elevated. And we're supposed to be humble. Because here we had the greatest of the great fall into a terrible error where they took their brother, almost killed him and sold him into slavery. And this Avera we get punished for if we continue it. In other words, if we go ahead and we have ribbles and fights, so we'll get punished for that and God forbid also for the son of Mechiris of selling Joseph because we didn't learn from it. And if we do tshuva and we treat each other well, then we can correct all of it altogether. So this parish of the sale of Yosef, the sale of Joseph, is the eyeglasses that we need in order to work out how we're supposed to treat each other. Now, if you turn around and you could say the following, well, I don't know about you, I may not enjoy this person, I may not like this family member, but I guarantee I'll never strip him naked and throw him into a pit. I'll never sell him as a slave to Arabs. I would never do that. So really what you're saying has got nothing to do with me. But really, that's an incorrect view. Because what the brothers did was the outgrowth of a tremendous amount of thought. And on their great level, for us, we've got to take the roots and we've got to apply it to ourselves. So what were the root causes over there and how do we fix it? And why is it so significant today? Because we know that the second Besamekdash, the second temple was destroyed because of problems we had in our interpersonal relationships. And we know that preceding this war, there was a lot of infighting between Jew and Jew, which means that each one of us have a job to do, which is to correct our own infighting and fix our interpersonal relations with our fellow Jews. Okay. So we begin with different factions of Yaakov's family. Yaakov, we know, had four wives. He was married to Leah. He was married to Rachel, Bill, and Zilpah. Bila was a support for Rachel, and Zilpah was a support for Leah. Rachel and Leah represented two different ways of approaching life. Leah's approach that she had, where she had Ruven, Shim, and Yehuda, Levi, Yisachar, Zvulun, these sons were there to promote a certain power in the Jewish people. Ruvain is chesed, is kindness, but he's a little bit impetuous. Yehuda is leadership, kingship. Shimon and Levi is a tremendous zealousness and passion, but needs to be channeled towards Torah. And Yisachar and Zvulu is a partnership where the one learns, the one fights, and the one learns and the one works. On the other hand, we had Rachel Imenu. And Rachel had two children, Yosef and Benjamin. Yosef was also a tremendous leader, but he is to be a leader in support of. He's not to be the leader who's going to take over the Jewish people. He's a leader who will lead us in Chutzlar, outside of Israel. He's a leader who will go out into the world and he will change things over there. And with him you've got Binyamin, 
who is a tremendous tzaddik, who never sinned in his entire life. Now, we've got these two different groups. And then what we had was, is that the children were born, the children grew up learning Torah from Yaakov Avinu, the greatest of the great. And they grew up, each one, finding their own Tchunas HaNefesh, their own spark, their own mission, their own role in this world. And each one had something else to give. And what happened was, is that Rachel dies very young, either in her 30s or 40, and she leaves Yosef an orphan, and Binyamin is an orphan from childbirth. That is already going to affect you. Yosef is a tremendously brilliant child. Superb. He has courage. He has bravery. And he's got an unbelievable grasp. And Yosef has a particularly close relationship to Yaakov Avinu. Because remember, Yaakov wanted to marry Rachel first. Rachel dies. Binyamin was the child that was born in childbirth. So his real connection is to Yosef. That's his real connection. And he becomes a Ben Zakunim. Like what they say, the Laut Lamaki. The one who is with them, sitting and learning, and is Mishamashim and serves him. And Yosef is young, and Yosef doesn't have a mother. He's brilliant, he's sensitive. But what Yosef does is he comes to conclusions too quickly. And he reasons that the brothers are doing a whole host of things wrong. He looks at their actions and he sees that they seem to be treating the children of Bill and Zilpa in a lowly way. So they're not maidservants, they're wives. And he defends them. He sees that they're using servants from the nations of the world. And he says, you know what? They're being immoral with these women. He sees them eat meat where according to him the animal is not yet dead, even though it's been shechted. And he says they're eating limb torn from a live animal. And each and every one of his claims had an answer back. But he didn't see that. And when he saw what they did wrong, he went to their father, Yaakov, and told them this is what they're doing wrong. The brothers, on the other hand, See this person who keeps on saying bad to them, to their father about them. And then he has these dreams, which all talk about him ruling over everyone else. You guys were bowing to me, right? And my father, my mother, and you guys were all bowing to me. They said, these are not dreams. This is all what he is thinking. Like we know, a dream can be a prophecy. And a dream can also be something that you conjure up based on what you've been thinking on during the day. So we have over here a tremendously big misunderstanding. And they reason that someone who is so great, clever, brilliant as Yosef, and by speaking badly about them to their father, is trying to push them out of the Jewish people. He's trying to inherit the role from Avram to Yitzchak. Yishmael had been pushed out. He wasn't worthy. Esau had been pushed out. He wasn't worthy. Now it comes to who? The brothers? 
and Yosef wants to push them all out. And that is a very serious crime because they saw him, as was clear in, in their eyes, as someone who wanted to usurp the position and push them out of the Jewish people, which is worse than murder. And now they decided, we have to do something about this. We've got to stop this. That was their reasoning. What was Yosef thinking? He came to conclusion too quickly. He spoke about them before he had analyzed properly or spoke to them. He misunderstood. He intended for their father to help them. But it came out all wrong. And the dreams was really a prophecy. So you've got over here recipe for disaster. But it's also a recipe for us to understand how to behave. How many times I have seen in my life where you have two parties and the one party is very much set this way, this is how they are. And this party says, no, this is how they are. And what happens? They just have a feud, argument they can't get on. And really and truly, most of the time, both positions are wrong. Because they don't see it from the other person's perspective. They don't look at it from their eyes. The brothers should have stopped and said, hold on a minute. He's lost his mother. He doesn't have a mother. His brother was born in, in childbirth when his mother died. He's different. We need to think about that. Yosef should have said, these are great people. They're not going to just go and do a virus like this. They're not Rishoyim. Think about where they're coming from. You see all the rest of the time, they're doing mitzvahs. How can I write them off in such a way? But the reality is, when people are emotionally driven, they don't think straight. And what happens often is that a person paints a picture and it turns out that that picture actually was very, very different. So how do I work on understanding people better and not falling into this trap? Number one, first thing we have to know, and this is probably the hardest thing, is we are not a Kodesh Baruch Often we take a situation, we surmise, we sum up, we explain it, we say, did you know what they did? And what do we do? We pass judgment. Have a bit of humility. Not everything you see is what you think. Not everything you, that looks on the outside is as it is. There was once a from guy who was on a bus in Israel and called to the bus driver to help out someone. The bus driver said no. And the guy got up to the bus driver and he started screaming at him, you secular, look at you, etc. Bus driver turned to him and said to him, you know, I put on filling every single day. I dive in every single day. Men are dressed like you. But I also keep Torah mitzvahs. And when he heard that, he suddenly kept quiet. Because he understood that he had judged this person incorrectly. He didn't realize that actually what this person was about inside. Another example. You have sometimes, you've got two people who sit together in shul. And what takes place, what happens is, is they're sitting, they're talking, and then after a while, the one makes a, a bit of a, 
critique of the other. And the one who got criticized gets his back up. And then he has the needle to him. And he won't talk to him. So the one who gave the critique says, I don't understand. We've been friends for this long and this is how he behaves. He's a baby. The one who got the critique says, doesn't he understand that when he criticizes in that respect, it's so hard for me? We don't understand that. Because we think that everybody has to be the way we see the world. There was once uh, uh, a gathering on a Motzah Shabbos. And this gathering in a Motzah Shabbos was to raise money for its stock organization. The guy was getting up to introduce a certain rov. And this rov has suffered from weight problems over the years. Right? He's a quite a big guy. And the guy introduced him. Just thought, you know, I want to give him a big, a big welcome. And he said, so-and-so, Rabbi so-and-so, bigger and better, something like that. And he emphasized bigger. And when the rabbi got up, he was really embarrassed. Because this guy didn't realize that this rabbi really feels it inside of him. It's really hard for him. And he's spoken about it many times. It's really hard. He's tried to lose weight. He doesn't manage. And this guy didn't understand this. Tell you another example. There was a guy once who was, uh, he was a big smoker. in yeshiva. And he calls the rabbi and he says to the rabbi, he's going overseas. He says, can you do me a favor and buy me cigarettes in duty free? Give you the money and you buy the cigarettes. So what did the, the rabbi do? Rabbi said, listen, you can't ask me for it. My father died of cancer caused by smoke. Now, both of these people made a mistake. Number one, the man who asked the rabbi should have first, you know, waited to see, well, what does he hold of smoking? Not. And number two, the rabbi didn't have to tell him that was the reason. Now, he's made him feel terrible. He could have said, listen, it's going to be hard for me. I'm sorry. I have my own reasons, I'm sorry. So each one ended up upsetting the other unintentionally, totally unintentionally. And these things just continue to happen and they erupt in a very, very terrible way. You know, there was a story of two brothers. Two brothers built a shul. And what happened? The one got an argument with the other. And he gave it to his brother. And he, what did he do? He then sold his part of the property and it became jointly owned. What happened years later? A non-Jewish king came along because this took place in Israel and said, no, I want that property back. Because somehow he had bought a Porsche. And it came about, why? Because the brothers couldn't live with each other. The brothers were screaming at each other. And the brothers had some achloikas. They don't even know what it was. Who knows what it was? doesn't make a difference. So that was the mistake. What's another way that we can correct this? The other way is, is never to react in the spur of the moment. Someone does something, says something naturally, you want to respond with a harsh message. A tough WhatsApp. Phone call. An email. What happens? Just makes it worse. Fans the flames. Stop. Pause. Think. Sleep on it. And then come back to it. And you'll see 
that's very different. Today, there's an escape goat disaster hatch. What's that? Called a WhatsApp. You want to give it to the guy, but you're a coward. So what do you do? You WhatsApp him a harsh message. It actually often hurts more than speaking on the phone. Because of the WhatsApp, you can't reply at the moment that it's sent. You're not there to respond. So therefore, when someone says this to you, it hurts much more. Thirdly, another way we can look at this over here is to look inside of ourselves and say, am I jealous of that person? Now, often you get this guy who comes up on stage and he gets interviewed or he gets a prize and people have terrible things to say about him. Ah, he's so arrogant. He takes it for himself. Do you know how he got to the top? And really, you know where it was coming from? Their own arrogance. Because they didn't want to admit that actually they're jealous. They wanted to be him. But they can't admit it. So what do they do? They throw stones. There's another way. Another way, very important, is when a person looks at someone else and he traces back where that person came from. Often we look at the person now and we think, well, he's just like us. He had different parents, different schooling, different high school, different experiences, different neighbors, different shul, different people he was around, university, yeshiva, married to a different person, different kids, different job. You can never fully grasp where that person's coming from. And unfortunately, what happens? What happens is, is that you go ahead and you straight away make a judgment. And it's not true. And it's not true. It's a beautiful video I saw in Israel. Moshav Matisyahu is a Moshav that's near Kiryat Sefer in Israel. The Rav is Rabbi Zev Lev Shrit, famous Rav, speaker, author, great thinker, philosopher, brilliant person. And Rabbi Lev's Moshav, they decided by one of the road enclosures, one of the, the blockades, that people in Erev Shabbos would stop the cars heading off to another Moshav nearby that wasn't from and give them challah, and give them Shabbos food, etc. And to say beautiful words to them. And they videoed this as people stopped, policemen, just people living in the area, and you should have seen what they said, kola kavod, well done, thank you. These are people that probably would have nothing to do with each other. But they're understanding now it's time to put aside the nonsense. Put aside all the, all the, all the nourishka. And actually take a look and say, one minute over here. Here's a person, and he's a Jewish person. I need to realize he's my brother. He's connected to me. You know, one thing that the world doesn't understand is how the Jewish people are going on such, with such passion and excitement to bring back our brothers and sisters who are held captive by those wicked Hamas. And they can't understand the fervor because they would never do that for their people because they don't have that same connection to their people but Jewish people feel that connection we feel that closeness we have that inside of us what happens if you've already been embroiled in a machloikas and people don't talk 
So then all I can say to that is you need to try and rise above it and be the, the gentleman or the lady. And even if they ignore you, keep on trying. Never give up. Because Hashem loves it when there's peace. And when there's peace between His children, He's happy. You know, unfortunately, you get an example of a parent and he's got two kids and the two kids don't get on. It kills the parent. How does Hashem feel, so to speak, that his children don't get on with each other? This one judges the other one. This one doesn't talk to that one. This one screams at that one. Right? That's not how we are. And that's not how we're going to be successful. The only way is we've got to think and remember that we have to feel a little bit inside of us. Where is that person coming from? And the last thing is, it's much better to try and resolve the issue than to pretend. Yes, there are times that you have to just act over and above when the person's incapable of resolving an issue, and there are people like that. But often what happens is there's smiles and there's hatred behind closed doors. That's not a Jewish way at all. The Jewish way is to sit and say, listen, you've got an issue with me, let's talk. Let's see what we can do. I really hope that the Mechiras Yosef will teach us something, finally. That the sale of Yosef will teach us a little bit that life is too short to be strung up in the nonsense. Life is too short to hold grudges. Life is too short to not greet someone. Life is too short to resent someone for something they did 20 years ago. It's too short for that. We're only here for a certain time. And the more you let go, the more blessing you bring to your life. The more you give in, the more blessing you give to one's own life. Shem should bless us all that we should stop selling Yosef. And we should start clothing Yosef. We should stop cutting people down and we should try to build them up. And even if we get hurt along the way, so what? But if we turn to HaKadosh Baruch and say, Hashem, I did what I did for your children. Can you imagine what that will do for you, your family, your community, and the whole of Klau Yisrael? May we all see Baruch in our lives soon. Okay. Have a beautiful night, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Just with Gesund. Thank you.